The HS Extra Pep Talk Podcast is back for week two of the high school football season. Spencer Turkin joined by Joe Serrera. Well, Joe, week one in the books. Uh, not too many surprises that took place out on the gridiron. And with the week two schedule ahead of us, uh, it, it looks like things probably won't get too out of hand. No, uh, we both went 11-3. and three. Uh, Not a bad start to the season. A few surprises, but not, nothing, nothing that really jumped out. Uh, you know, the season right now is building up toward next week, and I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but uh, Dudley, which is number one in our first poll of the season, and Page, which is number two, meet on August 31st at Marion Kirby Stadium. Uh, that's all I'll say about that game for now, other than both of those teams, Dudley and Page, play ranked teams this week. Uh, Dudley is at home against number nine Ragsdale. Page makes a trip to number six Northern Guilford. If you want to start on games, let's talk about that Ragsdale-Dudley game. Yeah, uh, you know, this is a game that I would say six or seven years ago was one of those closer games that started to become uh, one of those that you circle on the schedule every year. Mm -hmm. And then the year that Emmanuel Mosley and Chris Register were on the Dudley Panthers, that's when this thing started to get out of hand. And uh, it hasn't really looked back since. And uh, I I see that trend continuing with number one Dudley uh, pretty much taking care of business against Ragsdale easily. Yeah, last year's game, uh, Dudley uh, was... uh Sleepwalking, I think is the best way to put it. Coach Davis, after the game, said, you know, they didn't have their guys ready to go. Uh, in the second quarter, it was 21-14 Dudley, and Ragsdale looked like they might have some hope, and the final was 74-21 Dudley. Uh, I don't think you're going to see 74 points this year. I don't think uh, this Dudley offense at this stage of the season has that kind of firepower and explosiveness. They're still working through the quarterback situation. Richard Monroe uh, started in the opener against Carver. Alston Hooker got some snaps. They've talked about uh, freshman Jameer Slade being a factor at some point. I think it's going to be a feeling out process. I think by the time Dudley gets into the meat of their schedule, they're going to have a better idea of who their quarterback is that they can count on to make a state playoff run. And like I say, uh, I think that, I don't think this will be a blowout like last year. Ragsdale's definitely uh, going to miss Malachi Manus, who scored all three of their touchdowns last year. But they're more diverse this year. They can do some more different things. They're not as easy to just game plan against Malachi and, and, and Devin Boykin. Devin Boykin is playing a lot of different positions for them this year. Trey Jackson is pretty much the quarterback, but Devin runs some wildcat. He'll do some other things. They've got some talent. Uh, we always talk about Reedsville and their early schedule Mm -hmm. and how we don't really get to see what they are. Do you think that these first two games for Dudley, we really aren't going to be able to tell what they are until they play Page next week? Yeah, I I think that that's true to a large extent. I mean, I think, you know, this game for Dudley against Page next week will will tell a lot about them. You know, they still have to deal with, with a conference that is, I think, better than we thought it was on paper going into last season. Southwest Guilford's a factor in the Piedmont Triad 3A. Matt Tabor won it last year. Tabor lost a lot of kids to graduation. Parkland, I thought, hey, you know, they're going to be a player. High Point Central came back came back and really took a run at them last week after Parkland was up big early. But that that's a conference that, that's more challenging, I think, than people thought it was going to be. I think Dudley will get some tests in that conference. But, yeah, I, I think I think it's hard to get a, a read on where they're going to be playoff-wise, you know, early in the season. You know, the Ragsdale series, they play it because Stephen Davis had a ton of respect for uh, Tommy Norwood, the Ragsdale coach. He has a ton of respect for Johnny Boykin, the coach now. And he knows that 
if nothing else, they're going to have film and they're going to have opportunities to teach their kids where to be, what to do, because the team they're going against, their kids are in the right places, they make the right play. They're playing a disciplined ball club right. every time they play Rackson. And, and that's, that's never going to change. Yeah, the teams that they play, a lot of them are that type of team. Dorm Hillside, they know is going to have tremendous athletes, and they're going to get a test from them in terms of matching up with guys. You know that That's why they play the schedule that they do. And then next year... Next year and the following year, it's going to be a little bit different. Instead of having uh, a Carver program that has really fallen onto hard times, they're going to be playing West Forsyth. And if that's the opener next year, the schedule may get moved around. If that's the opener, that is going to be epic. Yeah, it, it really is. And, uh, you know, that game is something that you and I have known about since the negotiations started. And uh, we looked at each other and said, wow, like th- this could be the game of the year yeah. in game one if this really happens. And uh, we fully expect that to be the case. Yeah, it may not be game one, but it, it's it, it's going to be a great matchup. Page, uh, you know, they, they opened against the Davie County team that has been a lot of trouble for them, had won the previous three times. They went to Marion Kirby Stadium before last Friday. And... Uh, Lost to Page in overtime last year in the first game at their new stadium at Davie County. Page fell behind 21-6. Special teams, problems, penalties, a lot of issues. They got it together. They ended up winning 35-28, but they know they have some things to work on. Uh, They certainly do, and again, uh, the big worry over there is still the offensive line. Now, Javondre Page was able to do some work later in the game. Things kind of settled down for him. Mm -hmm. Uh, He hit... He hit Ford Mosier for for a 62-yarder. He hit Lawson Albright for, I believe, a Mm 15-yarder. So uh, he was able to kind of settle in and and get some work done. Uh, Northern Guilford, uh, the big thing for them is can they handle the defensive line of Page? This is going to be a... uh, a big challenge for Northern Guilford. This is a team that does not have a lot of size on the offensive line. I think yeah. the heaviest guy on the offensive line might weigh in at 230, soaking wet. Yeah. I mean, this is not a big O-line for Eric Westberg, and uh, that's going to be the real issue for the Nighthawks this week. Uh, do I feel like they could surprise someone? They potentially could. I, I really do believe that. I think that that Coach Westberg and his staff are going to put together a good scheme. I think they're going to try and hold on to the football as long as they can. The question is, will they be able to execute that scheme? Yeah, I, uh, speaking of surprises, the surprise for me last week was Northern running the ball. Uh, you know, four, three, three big touchdown runs in that game. A, a lot of that has to do with some injuries on and the receiving core and just, just a shortage of numbers there. You know, last year they couldn't run the ball. They averaged fifty-seven point eight yards per game on the ground. They had a fifty-eight yard touchdown run uh, by quarterback Tyler Flippin against uh, Grimsley in a twenty fifteen win. You know, so they're a little bit different this year. But you know, they're gonna, they're going to work with what they have. Uh, Raheem Murchison had a real nice game as a running back. They ran the zone read with Tyler Flippin. Jacob Leonard didn't really get to throw the ball too much. You know, they they had trouble keeping. Their quarterbacks in one piece against Grimsley's defensive line. Page is going to make it even tougher for them. They're going to have to hit some big plays where they've got the right call against the right blitz or or rush or stunt that Page is running. 
and gash them that way. Uh, and as you said, if they can hold the ball, if they can if they can run the ball a little bit between the tackles, they've got a better shot. But it, it's going to be a real challenge for them. This page defense. Uh, could make life very, very difficult for Tyler Flippin and Jacob Leonard. Uh, they certainly can. Now, uh, looking at the rest of the schedule, a couple of surprises sneaking into the HS Extra Top 10. Let's just let's go down to number 10, Northwest Guilford. Yeah. Uh, a team that I know a lot of people uh, are down on this year. Uh, we'll be at Western Guilford. Uh, this is a team that's probably going to start 2-0 and on the yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the one the one thing that they they have, and we knew they had going in this season, and he lived up to it in week one was Cameron Cloud, who's committed to Richmond. You know, three touchdowns. I mean, he was he was most of their offense in a comeback twenty six nineteen win over Smith. Uh, credit to Northwest Guilford for. Uh, for showing character and coming back after being down 19-7, but the concern is that they were down 19-7 against a Smith team that that struggles a bit offensively. They've got some athletes on defense, but they haven't really been able to put it together offensively. They've got a good running back in Chris Thacker and Jordan Williams developing at quarterback, but they're not a great offensive team, and you know that that halftime deficit has to be a little bit alarming, but Cameron Cloud is going to keep them in some games with big plays. Last week it was special teams, it was receiving, it was an interception. I mean, he's all over the place for them, and they're going to need that kind of performance beyond the Western-Guilford game because I, I think what Western, just the, the sheer numbers in this game, Western has about 39, 40 kids out for, for football in their entire program. Northwest has about 90, and that's just... There's only so much you can do to overcome that, and uh, Brian Terwilliger at Western Guilford's going to take some lumps this year. He's going to play some young guys, and it's going to be a growing process with growing pains. But uh, North Northwest should be able to take care of business in this one. But then it gets harder. Uh, it certainly does. Uh, elsewhere in the top ten, Reedsville, we expect them to uh, you know to continue to roll. They're mm-hmm. going to do their thing. I point Christian. Uh, you know, you and I got scared a little bit. The school board was wrong at first. Yeah, but. Uh, Christian did what they had to do. Losing 41-16 to uh, Matthews Covenant Day, and that was wrong, and we were unable to get that fixed on our automated score ticker that that uses max prep scores, but we got the right result on our website, and uh, that that was a good win for them. You you talked about Reedsville. Playing a McMichael team that's 1-0. Daniel Bradford, first game as the head coach at McMichael, former uh, Moorhead wrestling coach. Congratulations to him on getting the win up there. They beat Martinsville, uh, Virginia, in their opener, and I, you know, they're going to be one and one after they play Reedsville. I think they know that they they want to they want to show that uh, they're not going to be a doormat anymore. And I I think winning that opener was a statement for them and and going to give those kids some confidence and. Uh, they need to understand that Reedsville is at a different level just on sheer numbers and athletes and, and just learn from the game on Friday night. Uh, elsewhere, you have the rivalry game between Andrews and Southwest Guilford. That's mm-hmm. always a good matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then we also drop out of the top ten. Mm-hmm. And one that you and I wanted to mention before we wrap up is Ashboro visiting Grimsley. Uh, Kevin Gillespie coming back to town. Yes, yes. Uh, the former Page coach. Uh, he went into into Jamison Stadium with some pretty good page teams. He's uh, got a work in progress at Ashboro. He knew that was going to take some time to get his system in to uh, instill the kind of discipline that he and his coaches expect down there. And it's 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 going to be a process just like just like Daryl Brown has found out at Grimsley coming from Southern Guilford. Uh, I think. 
he's impatient about where they where they are and where they should be. They are getting better, and I think Ashburn is getting better too. But it's going to be interesting to see uh, Coach Gillespie at Jamison Stadium with a different team. Speaking of coaches, coaches coming back to the area uh, last week, uh, Fritz Hessenthaler, former Southeast Guilford coach. Uh, had his first game as the head coach at Southern Alamance, which is in the mid-Piedmont Triad 3A. And uh, they went to Western Alamance and won 14-3. If that's not a statement against a, a very good Western Alamance football team and program to go in there in his first game and win 14-3, if that's not a statement, I don't know what is. And you can circle October 5th on your calendar. That is when he will come back to uh, Southeast Guilford as the Southern Alamance head coach for a conference game. That should be very interesting. Uh, We'll just leave it at that. Yes. Yes. Uh, And that'll do it for this episode of the HS Extra Pep Talk podcast. Make sure you follow along at hsextra.com all season long. The HS Extra interview will also be back this week, and so you can catch up on uh, all of your non-football athletes uh, from around the region that way and continue to uh, follow along with all the coverage on Twitter at Joe Serrera NR and at Turkin35. Appreciate you tuning in. Take care.